0: Welcome to the podcast, Biblical Question. We're excited that you've taken time out of your day to download our podcast and to listen to us. We certainly hope and pray that Christ would be glorified and you as our listener would be edified. If you're new to our podcast, we'd encourage you to please go to our webpage at biblicalquestion.com. All one word, all lowercase. There you can find out more information about us. We have a statement of faith there. There's a prayer list there for our prayer warriors. We ask that you please go there. And we know we have a lot of hits on that particular part of our webpage. A lot of people do go to the prayer request, and we thank you for doing that. I know it doesn't change often, but it does change from time to time, and we try to leave that stuff up as long as we can uh, until somebody asks us to take it down or we just feel like it's time to, to move on with it. So if you have a prayer request, you may contact us through our webpage as well. And we would be happy to put you on our prayer list. We have many people uh, that pray for those who make that effort to ask. And we ask that you pray for us that we'll continue to be able to have the resources that we need to do our podcast. We've had some recent microphone issues, and we have resolved those. We have a new microphone. We're still trying to learn a little bit about it to get a much better, richer tone with it. The other one was uh, donated to us. It was just a, it was used in in good faith and it just wore out so uh, we have a much a better new quality microphone and if you do have a bible question you can also contact us through our webpage there and we would be happy to do our best to find the answer and answer that on the podcast if you would prefer a personal response uh, we have that occasionally we have done that as well we would respect that if you wish it to be done that way. Today we're going to talk about joy and trouble, joy and trouble. I know this is a topic that we don't always talk about much in uh, the Christian world. We think everything should be a box of chocolates type thing. Everything should be happy-go-lucky. Well, we have preachers out in the so-called Christian world That's all they preach and teach, is a wealth and happiness, prosperity-type gospel message. And they will tell you if you're not happy and you're not full of joy, then there's something wrong. Well, we're going to talk about that today. And so I find that to be uh, not a biblical way of approaching things. And so I certainly hope that you will listen to us. If you have a Bible, I also encourage you, please open it and follow along. We will reference quite a few verses in today's podcast, and if you're taking notes, uh, I think that would help you be able to refer back to the uh, the uh, scriptures. Or, obviously, I think you can just back it up a little bit and listen to it and get the uh, the verses again. But seriously, I, I encourage everybody always to to have a Bible to follow along with anybody that you would trust. That is teaching you about Christ. If it's not in the Bible, then it's probably not from Christ. That's what we kind of lean on here. Again, we're going to talk about something that most folks don't talk about, or would rather not talk about, and that is suffering for our faith. And Paul tells us, the apostle, it is because of Christ I have suffered the loss of all things. He would also write that he hoped that I may know him in the power of his resurrection, and may share in his sufferings. How many of us really want that idea of suffering for Christ? So many of our listeners, actually over half on a general week, are from overseas in nations where Christianity is frowned on rather harshly, uh, not well accepted, or just flat out illegal. And so, I am grateful for those folks who take the chance and the risk to, to be able to listen to this podcast. I'm going to tell you, I know that it doesn't seem logical to, to, or maybe not even make any sense that anybody would want to suffer as a Christian, but yet, again, this is exactly what the Apostle Paul is saying here. In fact, the Bible repeatedly tells us that we're going to suffer as Christians. We're going to suffer as followers, as disciples, John chapter 16, verse 33, Jesus warns all of us, says, in this world you will have trouble, but take heart, because I have overcome the world. Again, referring back to the Apostle Paul, he writes here in 1 Thessalonians chapter 3, verse 4, for when we were with you, we kept telling you beforehand, we were to suffer affliction, but just as it has to come to pass and just as you may know and so peter the apostle that uh, would deny jesus three times and come back and repent he writes in his epistle in first peter chapter 3 starting in verse 15 it says in your hearts honor christ the lord as holy Again referring back to Jesus in the Sermon on the Mount in Matthew chapter 5 verses 10 through 12. Blessed are those who are persecuted for righteousness' sake, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are you when others revile and persecute you, utter all kinds of evil against you falsely on my account. Rejoice and be glad, for your reward is great in heaven. For they persecuted the prophets who were before you. Okay, so can you imagine what some of these prophets went through? If you really study them out, we're going to do a study on Habakkuk here in the next podcast or two. And as I study the the prophets, I I really ask myself, well, how did those guys really find that sand, that grit, that desire, the willingness to, to continue on? I know Jeremiah would say, every time I open my mouth for you, God, uh, I get in trouble. I ain't going to do that anymore. And so he would come back and say, I can't keep my mouth shut. There's a burning fire within me. Do we have that burning file, uh, fire? Excuse me. In, in a an in increasing hostile world? I mean, California started this, and it just kind of... Like a domino effect, a law that says uh, opposing homosexuality is illegal. And that would seem to include the Bible, which very clearly speaks against that type of activity. And I guarantee you, if it's not in your neighborhood, it will be soon. Right now, people are getting angry when we tell them that homosexuality is a sin or that transsexualism is unnatural, uh, that there's two two sexes, two genders, male and female. Uh, they don't want to hear that. It is not politically correct to say that. And when you are asked, why do you believe that? And if you refer to the Bible, you're already in deeper trouble with these folks. They simply do not want to reason with you. They only want to believe what they want they're actually being their own god they may think they're doing good they may think and believe in their mind that they're being righteous but in fact if they are violating and going against what god has laid out for thousands of years uh they're they're actually sinning and if you're really being uh persecuted for that made fun of uh, being looked out uh, over for promotions or uh, getting a job. Your neighbors don't want to talk to you more. You know, I realize, believe me, I do, been there, Uh, that persecution is not always an easy thing to go through. But I am still living in a country where it is still legal to be a Christian. I wonder someday if that will change in my lifetime. I certainly hope it does not. But people do get angry when you tell them that they are sinning and they need to stop and repent. And when they say, you know, they get up in a ship when they say, well, that's just your belief. Well, again, we need to understand that Jesus said he is the only way to heaven. That was a podcast we just had here recently. And so here in John 15, verse 20 when you catch flack because of Jesus, uh we need to understand this. This says here, the servant is no greater than his Lord. If they persecuted me, they will also persecute you. So don't think that we're any better than jesus and if when you hear these people preaching the gospel of just nothing but love and happy and all that ooey gooey fun stuff, then tell you. If you're having a bad time, if you're being persecuted, you're just not living right. I would take a time out and walk away from that and, and really be in prayer. And I would read some of these verses. And they're just going to tell you that some of the Bible just really outdated. And when they tell me that, they're just, I, I, just, I just shake my head and can't believe that people uh, would follow that. They would listen to that. Uh, I'll name one. Joe Olstein is a man who just simply just smiles uh, like a used car salesman and gives you this big line. He he sounds good. Uh, it's comforting what he says, but he rarely even com- really quotes any scripture, except maybe one or two verses at the end, because of folks like me who criticized him in the past for that. I found this article. It is dated to, August of 2001, from a Christian church, and and I'm sorry, I I don't know the Christian church or the writer. It's not listed here. It says, Jesus is a little name. It's a small word, but you say this little name in public in a way other than obscenity, or as a profanity word is what he's meaning, and just go and just stand back and watch the fireworks. You can say, God is a curse word, and you won't hear anybody give you any squawk. You can say, Our Father, Mother in Heaven, uh, a few will flinch. And you, say, you can say, Great Spirit, and the people will nod in approval. You can say, Allah, and you will be deemed tolerant. But when you say, Jesus, just wait for the sonic boom. Articles will appear in the paper. Reprimands will be posted from the home office. Lawsuits will be threatened by civil liberties, and so on. So don't say Jesus uh, is divisive. Jesus is an extremist. Jesus is exclusive. So the name amounts to hate speech. So keep his name to yourself. Keep it in your church building. Lock it in your prayer closet. Close it between the covers of your Bible, but for pity's sakes, do not voice it in the public square. It is immodest. It is immoral. It is unloving. But there's one problem. Jesus is God. The only one problem is Jesus alone brings salvation we need to be careful when we use the words and the names of God. Uh, They need to be in honor and respect as we speak of them and when we refer to him. All other gods, all other religions, all any form of whatever, a morality, they're nothing. Only thing that really means anything in spirit and in truth is Christ. So, Speak his name aloud. I shout it from a mountain. Whisper it in the dark because the name of Jesus is not hate, it's hope. When we are faced with opposition to our faith, a lot of folks are just, a lot of people, they just tend to kind of just want you to lock Jesus in your prayer closet. He, they don't want you to talk about him at work. Uh, they don't want you to talk about them at the local school board meeting. They may not even, your neighbor may not even want you to talk to him or her about Jesus. They just rather that you didn't. And they would probably be very thankful that you just did not violate their conscience. They might tell you that they don't have a guilty conscience, that they have a clean conscience, but deep down, that's why they really object. Uh, the the evil spirits, the demons, um, poke at him. I mean, they don't want to hear this. Uh, you know, when I was in the Arizona reservation, I never really before this believed in demon possession. I always just thought it was something on uh, movies in Hollywood or whatever. Uh, but there are some folks that I come across, that I really seriously have changed my mind on some of that. And so they may not look like they're demon-possessed, uh, they may not talk or act like it until you start talking about who Jesus is, and you'll find out really quick that perhaps there's something going on inside. But believe me, because Satan does not want to hear the name of Jesus. He wants everybody to think it's all great, it's all a box of chocolates, and if you're going to talk that way and, and you want to be like Jesus we're going to make you like Jesus. You're going to suffer. You're you're going to regret being that Christian. If a man says he loves a woman or a woman says she loves a man, what do you think those folks are going to talk about all the time? I I mean, I, I've been around young people who want to get married and they come around and ask you to marry them. And you see them outside the building, and you see them perhaps uh, at the store, different meetings or whatever, and all they can talk about is that other person. And and they mean they're really, really in love with this other person, and they're not going to stop talking about the other person. And I think that's just natural. I think that's very normal. If you get me talking about my wife, you will hear uh, lots of things about her in a very positive way. She is also the center of my life between her and Christ. And so we we need to have that attitude. But if we say, I love Jesus, and then we run into people uh, or t- around people at work or at the store or whatever who doesn't like or they don't care to hear uh, the name of Jesus, uh, they tell you they're offended, And then when you say, okay, I'm sorry, and then you shut up and you don't talk about Christ because you don't want to offend that person, because that's really what we've been programmed uh, to to really walk that particular road, not to offend anybody. Well, we may not intentionally be offending anybody. We just love them and we want them to know who Jesus really is. And so when you don't talk about Jesus anymore— uh, what does that really say? I think it really says that you love the person uh, who claims to be offended more than you love Jesus. Now, as a Christian, as a real true follower of Christ, does that really sound right to you? I mean, people should be able to identify you as a Christian. I, mean, there's, I know a guy who, who claims to be an elder in a church. And he says he, he takes that elder coat off and his Christian coat off, and he puts on his foreman coat on, and he goes to work, and he, nobody there knows about his Christian faith. And I don't think that's right. And he will argue uh, to the day he dies that, that we are not supposed to do that. And my question always has been, how are you ever going to convert, folks? Uh, you're... Are never going to when you have a negative attitude you're, you're cursing your employees out uh, you're lying to your employees as an employer uh, I mean on and on you're just you can claim all you want but your actions and words uh, speak louder and you will never uh, get those folks to want to become a Christian I mean look here in Philippians three eight Uh, again with the apostle paul says for his sake i have suffered the loss of all things so what is the apostle paul talking about well at one time he really was a very important man in the jewish uh, society of his day he uh he talked to people and they listened i'm sure he was invited to their parties he he patted them on the back. They they were always together at the synagogue, just having a good time in each other's homes. And they, they thought Paul was a wonderful man. He, uh, he he was. I mean, if you really study uh, the apostle out, uh, you will see that uh, Saul he was just a great Jewish man. And so, all that's gone now. As as Paul begins to write. Uh, all these epistles, some of these he's writing because he's in prison. All those friends are gone. All that prestige is gone. Uh, they don't want him around anymore. Uh, they think he's a traitor, and you can forget the praise because everybody knows that he is now pro- He's proclaiming to be a Christian, something that the Jewish people would greatly oppose. In fact, they did. And so, 1 Peter four four, if you would turn there with me, when you take Christ seriously, people will not want you around them because they know that you're not going to partake in their idolatry, uh, their drunken parties, any of their activities that would violate Scripture. And this is what Peter writes here. He says they, that were they in this context, is non-Christians. They think it's strange that you do not want to run with them, and they heap abuse on you. So in other words, don't be surprised. It's not going to happen. You're not going to get invited to uh, the special circles at work. You're not going to get invited uh, into uh, groups at the uh, local YMCA or at the city square and you're sure not going to be listened to if you go to some of these school board meetings. So, uh, Paul's words here, I think are, are very, very interesting here. They, they really strike really at the heart here. Philippians 3, verses 8 and 9. I mean, listen to this man. For his sake, I have suffered all things. But he doesn't stop there. Okay, he continues on and says, And count them rubbish, in order that I may gain Christ and be found in him, not having a righteous of my own that comes from the law, but that which comes through faith in Christ, the righteousness from God that depends on faith. Again, that's Philippians 3, uh, verses 8 and 9. And what is Paul really saying here in, in, in Philippians? He's saying, I, I really don't care. If you don't like me, I don't care. Uh, I'd rather have Jesus love me than you like me. In fact, I'd rather have Jesus than anything that you could offer me, period. You know, jobs come and go. Uh, Sadly, relationships, friendships, they seem to come and go in our society today. And that's why we really all need this anchor. We need Christ in our life. He will never forsake you. And so, here the statement uh, of this man, this Paul, he's he's one that truly, uh, in his writings, uh, appeared to really seriously love Jesus. The question for us in the podcast is this. Do you love Jesus that much? Do you love him so much that you would not take anything in exchange for him? Do you love him more than your job? Do you love him more than your family or your friends? And I know somebody's going to email me and says, "I really got to love my family." Well, of course you do. Uh, but if you put Jesus first, your family will see the love that you have. Your love for them will be great as well. Do you love him more than being a spoken well of at work or school or at the social club wherever? Uh, sometimes I call the, the church a social club. So uh, I know I say that a lot on the podcast and people really uh, find that interesting. And I get a lot of good emails about that because they're, they're all in agreement. I haven't heard anything negative on that. So uh, have, do you love him enough to make him the most important part of your life? My My wife is perfectly fine. When I say Jesus is first in my life, she wants that because she knows that there will be blessings that come from that. So, if you do not um, want this in your life, you're saying no to any of those questions, I would certainly hope that you would sit down and have some serious soul searching, some serious time in prayer and asking God to help you with this and to make sure you do have your priorities. in a line. Somebody once said, Jesus has many lovers of his heavenly kingdom, but very few bearers of his cross. He has many who desire comfort, but very few would accept tribulation. Many love Jesus so long as nothing bad happens to them. And that person who said that is Thomas uh, Kempis. I hope I pronounced his name correctly. So back again in Philippians chapter 3, Paul writes that he hoped that I may know him in the power of his resurrection and may share in his sufferings. Now, why would anyone want to share in Christ's sufferings? Crucifixion, after all, is a pretty uh, uh, painful way to die. Somebody has wrote more than once, actually more than one person, uh, so the crucifixion was the most painful way to die. It took you days sometimes to die, and you just hung there. And so many of us say, "Well, I really don't want to suffer." Besides, other preachers say, "I will never suffer if I just say a prayer and accept Jesus. I'll be good." Besides, I just want to sit in my chair. I want to watch TV, and I want to to, to drink a beer. Or I I want to uh, smoke my pipe, whatever. I just want to enjoy life. Well, there's nothing wrong with enjoying life. But do you not want to face the opposition of being a true disciple of Christ? So why would Paul say that he hoped to share in Christ's sufferings? He said this that because he was convinced that the pain was worth the price. It was worth facing rejection. It was worth facing criticism because Jesus had promised a greater glory to all of those who are willing to suffer for him and and faith in him and Jesus. Jesus says here, Matthew again, chapter 5, back in the Sermon on the Mount, verses 10 and 12, we read this earlier, Blessed are those who are persecuted for righteousness' sake, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are you when others revile you and persecute you and utter all kinds of evil against you falsely on my account. Rejoice and be glad, for your reward is great in heaven. So if they persecuted the prophets who were before you, in other words, they did that, the prophets, they're going to persecute you. If we are persecuted for righteousness' sake, ours is the kingdom of heaven. That is the promise that Jesus gives us. And because Jesus will have this great reward waiting for us in heaven. Essentially, God is telling us every time we face rejection by this world, he is up there in heaven nudging an angel saying, do you see that? Do you see what he or She's doing? Your name is being spoken in heaven when you stand up for righteousness. And Jesus notes that. He He gets that and records that. Now, we have got to be careful that we do not become an annoying uh, person when we're persecuted. I mean, there's a lot of people who who out there take pride in themselves in being obnoxious. Being obnoxious for Jesus is not what we're talking about here, okay? Uh, earlier, we talked about being quiet because you wanted to love that person more, uh, then Jesus, well, we just need to be careful that we are not obnoxious. And I have met people who are. I'm sure many of you have as well. We don't want to be angering people out there just to prove that your righteousness, first of all, they're not going to be impressed. And I don't think God is impressed either. Paul, excuse me, Peter, in 1 Peter chapter 3 here, turn with me here. 1 Peter uh, chapter 3, verses 15 through 17 says in your hearts honor christ the lord is holy always being prepared to make a defense to anyone who asks you for a reason for the hope that is in you yet do it with gentleness and respect having a good conscience so that when you are slandered those revile you good behavior in christ may be put to shame For it is better to suffer for doing good than it should be for God rather than doing for evil. But see, folks, there is this reward to be had for enduring persecution. And I know many people are persecuted for believing what the Bible says. And it's coming to America, whether Americans really want to see that or not. Uh, the church, I think, as a whole is really pretty uh, either numb, blind, or got their head in the sand about what's going on around them. Otherwise, they would really, if they were really, really into it, they would say, this has got to stop. They'd be out voting people out of office. They would be uh, writing letters to their editor, whatever it took to to get their voice out. And so we need sometimes God just allows us to face these difficulties so that we will be stronger in our faith, that we have to lean harder and and trust in Him more and more. Persecution is not a fun thing. I I have been persecuted more by people who claim to be Christians, sadly, but that's what Jesus was, uh, persecuted more by those who who claim to be followers of God than the people outside of that circle out in the world, but I've never faced the persecution that some of our listeners uh surely face have faced and i and I've read some of their emails that I' have gotten uh and and i I pray for you i I hope that you can find joy in it, knowing that there is a reward for you. Nowhere did Jesus say being a Christian would be easy. Uh, be child's play. Uh, This is something that we need to take serious. Uh, There's times of of heartache and and suffering. Again, you can see where all the apostles uh, went through some form of suffering and persecution. Many of them, if not all of them except John, uh, were martyred. Uh, There are many, many people who have been persecuted to and, and executed for believing in Jesus, and so uh, there is nothing easy about this, but there's great rewards, and there's comfort if we find the right group of people to worship with and and study with and pray with and, and not just being a place that we go once a week to to hang out and have a good time and act like we care and become just more of a gossip center than anything. And I see so much of that. We've been in several congregations. That's all it was. Or they just preached on one topic, and and that's all we ever heard. And so it's very hard. I, get, I do get emails from time to time, people saying, I am really struggling to find a church uh, that you talk about in the podcast type emails. You know, they're out there. You just really got to go and find them. Uh, more and more people I know are actually meeting in homes and studying and, and having communion. And, and they, they do put their money together and they send money to a a missionary that they know who is uh, somewhere in the world uh, to help them and encourage them. And so I I think that's fine. I really don't see a major problem with that. Jesus says, "Where two or more are gathered in my name, there I am." I mean, as long as you really are worshiping God, you're singing songs, you're studying the Word, you're praying, and you're you know there's a the communion aspect. I know a lot of people don't think the Lord's Supper should be taken, but twice a year or once a year or special occasions or whatever. I don't see anything in the Scripture that says that. In fact, I see where they took it uh, at least weekly on the first day of the week. On a regular basis, uh, sometimes daily. And so I think there is nothing wrong with that. Perhaps sometime we ought to do a podcast on the uh, communion, Lord's Supper, and the elements. It's not bread and water. It's not a prison meal. It is uh, unleavened bread and fruit of the vine. And we can go into that some other time. So, anyway, I hope that this has helped you. I. I don't know if we will be called in America to pay the ultimate price for our faith and belief in Christ. I certainly hope that that does happen, that we all have the courage to to stand up and know that God is in control and just let whatever happens, happens, that we can have joy in our troubled times as a Christian. I want to thank you again for listening. Please tell your friends and family about us and hit that like button or or follow us on your favorite podcasting app. Uh, We have quite a few actually who do that and you will get an alert that we have released our podcast and it will be ready for you to download and listen. Again, thank you for listening and may God bless you and may He have the glory.